Hey, and welcome to the Resound Church podcast. Whether it's your first or your 40th time tuning in, we're so glad you're here. And we pray that you get something powerful from today's sermon. I do want to be a lot more casual today than perhaps I normally would. And, and I want to explain, you know, for some of you, you know that we've run missions conferences for many, many years. But for some of you, this is a whole new concept and you might think, okay, what does this mean? How am I going to feel as a result of what's shared? What we do each year is we encourage people to make a decision, pledge a certain amount over the next 12 months towards our missions program. And over three weeks, we talk to you about the various different areas that we give that money to. And so, Um, I just want to say this, I don't want you to feel pressured by this. This is meant to be something you do personally and privately. It's meant to be something that you do um, with a willing heart, uh, generously, but also with a a step of faith. It's, It's, you know, what the normal process for us is we pray about it and we make a decision and we believe that God will provide for us. And so these cards will be available on your way out. We'll also give them out over the next couple of weeks. And, um, and the, uh, the outcome is, you know, once we know what's been pledged, then what we do is we make a budget for the next 12 months uh, with regard to missions um, based on what we receive. And, and all of the money given goes directly to missions. The, the local church doesn't receive anything. That's not the point. Um, but I do want to talk to you and what I say this morning might sound like you've heard it before and you will have heard it before, but I want to remind you of, the, of what the gospel is all about. Um, in saying that, this morning I spoke briefly to Terry Baxter, Terry and Mal, for some of you who uh, know they've headed to the Northern Territory, they're working with mobile mission maintenance and they're in... Terry was in Jabiru. Apparently, he had a problem with his car, and um, he's getting his car fixed. But Mal had made his way inland. They'd crossed multiple creeks to get to where they're going, and they're doing a building for a um, for a church out there in in Kakadu, out there somewhere. Um, and uh, they did get delayed because the 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 weather was too wet, and they had to ford some rivers which were higher than they were supposed to be. And then the product that was coming via container ship from Darwin arrived, but then they realised, well, they could carry 20 tonne, the crane could only lift 10 tonnes, and it had to go back and had to go into another container and come back. So um, now that wasn't anyone local. It was the shipping company's fault because they said, no, 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 we can take 20 tonne of building materials, but the crane only lifts 10. So that's a problem, obviously. And so, um, so they're doing that, so keep praying for them. They've now got a reduced time to do what they need to do with regard to building there, and I'm sure that will end up really, really good. You know, the focus of our missions conference is simply the Great Commission. Jesus made it quite clear to the disciples they were to go into all the world and to preach the gospel. But the gospel... Uh, to us means certain things today. You know, for, for many of us, we read the Gospels. That's Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. But we know the meaning of the word Gospel is simply this. It's good news. Now, good news is something that impacts us all from time to time. Uh, we get a pay rise. What's that? That's good news. Is that right? I think so. Most it's very quiet today. So if you get a pay rise, what do you say? Oh no, I'm not happy with that. <laughs> it, 
It can be good news, you know, um, a young couple, you know, who fall pregnant, usually it's, no, a mistake. <laughs> so, no, no, sorry, sorry. <laughs> it, 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 it should be good news. It's meant to be something that's celebrated. Or, and, 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 you know, good news does what to us? It impacts us personally. It lightens our spirit. You know, good news makes us feel better about what's happening and what's, uh, what's happened to us. And I'm going to read through a bunch of passages of Scripture uh, this morning, and, and, and it talks about good news. Proverbs 15 and verse 30 says this, Light in a messenger's eyes brings joy to the heart, and good news gives health to the bones. And what this passage is referring to, often a messenger would run with a message, and if the message that the messenger had and was going to deliver was good, you could tell by looking into his or her, mostly his eyes, and they'd have run a long way with this message. It's like, hey, I've got a message, Troy, I've got a message. And if their eyes were bright and excited, despite the weariness of the travel, you would know that it was going to be a good message. But obviously, if they arrived and they're downcast and disappointed, then, then, then usually the message that, that, that you're about to receive is not good. And it says, and good news gives health to the bones. And for all of us, you know, when we receive a message of good news, it makes us feel better. Is that right? It it sort of lifts our spirit. It's like, oh, wow, that's so exciting. And there are so many different ways that we can receive good news. There are so many things that are good news to us. You know, um, coming home yesterday and seeing that the temperature was 12 degrees, was that good news? Yeah, it's like, oh, Being in 27 degrees with sunshine, that was good news. And the good news is it's only about another eight or nine months before it happens here in Melbourne. That's good news, isn't it? Only eight or nine months more of cold. Isaiah 61 verse 1 to 3 says this, The Spirit of the Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor, He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, provide for those who grieve in Zion, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, the garment of praise instead of the spirit of despair. They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. You know, when we talk about good news, it, is, it isn't usually just one message. It's a, it's a broader message. There's more to it than simply one thing. Matthew 4.23 says this, Jesus went, out, uh, went throughout Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness among the people. For the Israelites, for those living in um, Israel, for those living in Jerusalem, Jesus arrived on the scene. We know that John Baptist set the scene. And then Jesus, this is before he's died, begins to proclaim a message of good news. What is the message of good news? The message of good news is that Jesus has come to change the way we live. You know, there was a quote earlier, I think, in the, vid- in the video, or it was I- I- embedded in the video. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus doesn't come to give us just an abundant life, but he teaches us how to live and what is true. And, and, you know, when you know those things, then it makes a difference to how you can experience life. 
And Matthew 9 and verse 35 says this. So Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom, healing every disease and sickness. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to the disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. What was he expecting the the harvesters to do is expecting them to preach a message of good news. And that good news was for all mankind. It was meant to change their life, change their experience, change the way they're experiencing life itself. Mark 1 verse 15 says, the time has come, he said, the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. And the good news that we speak about is for every single one of us. And we think somehow when we hear the good news the first time that that's the only time that it has impact. As a matter of fact, the good news needs to be reiterated because often we don't live in the experience that the good news offers. Too often we live in uh, in, in a way prior to us understanding what good news was. Luke 4 and verse 17 says this, And the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. I read it earlier. And Jesus stood and he said, unrolling it, he found the place where it was written. And he said this, the spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me or appointed me to proclaim the good news to the poor. What is good news to the poor? Good news to the poor takes them from where they are to where they could be. But poor is um, poor. It, it needs to be defined and understood to determine what good news is. We understand good news for a sick person is that they're going to get well. But someone who is poor is 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 poor becoming rich? Not necessarily, because we can be poor in spirit. But Jesus was proclaiming good news uh, to the poor. And he's to proclaim good news to the poor, and he's been poor in spirit in particular. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners. And if it's, if, if it's a message that goes out to everyone, what are we imprisoned by? And recovery of sight for the blind. Not everyone is blind. Is, is he referring only to those who couldn't see? Or is he suggesting somehow that all of us can't see? Going back to Jesus uh, said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. You you know, truth gives us the ability to see something different. Poor is about the way we live. And so he goes on, uh, finding it back, to set the oppressed free and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Let me talk about oppression for just a moment. And again, the definition of the way we understand oppression is important because Uh, There are many times, I think, as we go through a normal year or a normal month even, that we can feel oppressed by obligations or oppressed by the media's news or oppressed by a circumstance which is overwhelming us. Uh, We understand that there are people suffering many different mental health issues, and I'm not in any way making light of that, but, you know, oppression is something that we can all experience as a result of the way that we live uh, the the way that we live in the world that's around about us. Do you know uh, interest rates are high, aren't they? No, they're not. 
Not compared to Argentina. Does anyone know what the interest rate in Argentina is? 97%. So you, you say interest rates are high, not compared to Argentina, 97%. Imagine that. That's the official bank rate. That's not the rate that people get charged. The rate that they get charged is higher again. And so, you know, when you hear messages, it's easy to feel depressed by the message or oppressed. But imagine the chaos that's taking place in Argentina now as a result of those, the result of inflation and and, and interest rates. But Jesus came, the last part of uh, chapter 4, verse 19 says this, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And, um, and, and it's important for you to understand that part of the message of good news is that you are now in God's favor. You're living in God's favor. Whether you think you deserve it or not, you are now in a place where God wants to show favor to you. Luke 4 verse 42 says, As at daybreak, Jesus went out to a solitary place The people were looking for him, and when they came to where he was, they tried to keep him from leaving them. But he said, I must proclaim the good news of the kingdom of God to the other towns also, because that is why I was sent. And he kept on preaching in the synagogues in Judea. Do you know, the message of good news is the work of mission. And it's about bringing freedom to people. It's about releasing the captives. It's about helping the blind to see. It's about removing oppression. And now we can't change everything about the world around about us, but we can change the way that it impacts us. We can move from a point of being enslaved to the world that we live in to a place where we we find freedom from it. Acts 5 and verse 42, this is now the early church, it says, day after day in the temple courts and from house to house, they never stopped teaching and proclaiming the good news that Jesus is the Messiah. In other words, words, he's the one that's come to set them free. I think sometimes we've lost the message of good news, even in the church. We allow ourselves to come in and under rather than experiencing the freedom that Jesus intended for us. Acts 10 and verse 36 says this, You know the message God sent to the people of Israel, announcing the good news of peace through Jesus Christ who is Lord of all. Again, another twist on the word good news, but it's a good news of peace. Where's that peace? Well, it's not peace in the world. It's not about changing world wars. It's about internal peace. It's about rest. In Hebrews 4, 1 to 4, 4 says this, therefore, since the promise of entering his rest still stands, let us be careful that none of you be found to have fallen short of it. For we also have had the good news proclaimed to us, just as they did. But the message they heard was of no value to them because they did not share the faith of those who obeyed. Now we who have believed enter that rest just as God has said. So I declared on oath in my anger that they shall never enter into my rest. And yet his works have been finished. And yet his works have been finished since the creation of the world. For somewhere he has spoken about the seventh day in these worlds. On the seventh day, God rested from all his works. Uh, There's a whole lot to say about that. and We haven't got time this morning, but there is a, a rest. There is peace. There is joy. There is provision. There is comfort. And it comes as a result of the message of good news. The difference, whether you receive it or not, is determined by your willingness to believe. 
And there are many of us here today that we say, yes, we believe the good news, but you believe only a portion of the good news. And as a result of that, you experience only the portion that you believe. And so applying our belief, applying our, our, our thoughts to something that Jesus said and allowing it to have its impact on us is critical to the outcome. Mark 16 verse 15 to 18 says this. Jesus said to them, go into all the world and preach the good news or the gospel to all creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will accompany those who believe in my name. They will drive out demons. They'll speak in new tongues. They will pick up snakes with their hands. And when they drink deadly poison, it will not hurt them at all. They will place their hands on sick people and they will get well. As Jesus preached the good news, so he asked the disciples to preach the same good news. An interesting thing, though, I don't know how you read that, but when I read that, sometimes I think, I can't do that. I can't do all of those things. But just let's remember, Jesus spoke to a group of people, not to one person. He didn't expect one person to fulfill all of those things. He expected the group of people to fulfill those things. And, and you know, today, our missions conferences is about, it's about a group of people. We can't all individually do everything that's required, but collectively, we can make a difference. And, and you know, some of the work that we do in other nations of the world, we don't go there, but we find a way to do something that will make a difference for them in the places where they're at. Acts 1.8 says this, but you'll receive power. When the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And what Jesus was saying again was to a group of people. He wasn't saying it to one, he was saying to a group. And so the, the responsibility of sharing the good news is something we all have a part to play in and you do it in your unique way, with your personality, with your gifts and your skills. But you also receive it in your unique way. And I want to encourage you, if there is something that we all have to do, it's simply to believe the message of good news. But the message of good news is comprehensive, it's far-reaching, and it brings relief, peace, and freedom, if only you're willing to receive it. Just a couple of quick points to finish. Musos can come if they like. Some key requirements. Number one, we need the ability to understand the message. And that is something that takes time. Second, we need a means to communicate the message. And the means to communicate the message is it, it, it's, it's, it's in a variety of different ways. You know, we, we know that communicating the message, it may be firsthand, neighbor to neighbor. It might be through using some other agent, whether that be um, media of some sort, it may be something written, it could be something broadcast, but we need a means to communicate the message. We need, the, there needs to be a willingness to share the message because many of us have received the message, but we're not in a place where we're willing to share that message with somebody else. And ideally, we need a testimony that confirms the message. And when I say testimony, you know, the greatest testimony is not the story that you make up. It's the way you live, the way you conduct yourself, the way you treat others. That's the most powerful testimony. When you share your concerns to someone in your workplace, it's a testimony of what God has done in you. It takes the pressure off. Too often we, we think we've got to do all of the work ourselves. We don't need to do all the work ourselves. We do it collectively together. 
And our missions conference is partly about that. So what's the good news? Let me just sum it up this way. You are freed from the penalty of sin. You are freed from slavery to sin. You are promised a new life and a new beginning. You're promised a new life now and you are completely forgiven. You're also promised an ongoing life and eternal life. If I can say it this way this morning, I want you to receive the good news. Many of you will say, I've received the good news. I think you've received a portion of the good news, just as I have. There are still areas in my life where the good news needs to penetrate, bring me freedom, release, and a sense of satisfaction. And I'd suggest that it's probably the same for you. It's an ongoing work. We call it sanctification. But the good news is still good news, and it makes a difference for those that receive it. You know, just... It was just last year, one of the organizations that we support overseas, 620,000 people through that organization received a message of good news. That's extraordinary. And you, you, you might say, oh, that's, that's a large number. Yeah, large number, a lot of effort, a lot of time. But freedom for the captive, open eyes for the blind, prisoners set free. Today, you might feel imprisoned by some circumstance, some situation. You, you, might be, you might be blind to the truth of freedom. It could be that you feel guilty, like that you'll never be good enough. The good news is this. It's freedom for the captive. Blind eyes can be open. And you are absolutely and completely forgiven. You can't rack up enough sin to defeat the grace of God. God's grace is profound and far-reaching. We stand together with me and pray. Father, as we're here together in this place, I thank you that many of us have already received the good news. I know for myself, I'm still in the process of understanding how that good news impacts my life, my outlook the pressure I feel. I know that I'm still to learn much, much more about what the implications of the message of good news mean for me and for those around about me. I pray for everyone here in this room today that they too would be recipients of the good news that would change their life, change their experience of life, work a miracle that will make a significant difference. Father, touch us today as we're here gathered in this place. And over the next couple of weeks, as we talk more about the work that we're doing in other nations, Father, I pray that you would give us strength and courage to continue to carry a message of good news that brings freedom to the captive. In Jesus' mighty name I pray. Amen. Thanks for listening through this message recorded live at Resound Church in Melbourne. You can find out more about who we are online, including our service times and live streams. Have a great week and we'll catch you next time.